Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Oh, TNT, TNT, it's everywhere today. It's absolutely fantastic. Of course, TNT stands for Today's News Talk, but a little bit of conversation was going on in the live chat, spurred on by a suggestion that we have Thunderstruck by ACDC as the, the lead-in music to the open line show, but I think that would be incredibly expensive for us to rip off uh, ACDC songs and stick them on as uh, uh, jingles for our shows here, but you never know. Maybe uh, Bond, uh, not Bond Scott, he's definitely not listening to us today, but maybe Angus Young or Brian Johnson are listening in and they're big fans of the open line show and the Locked and Loaded show. They're Gemma Cooper fans, they're Natalie Chill fans. Maybe we might get a little email from one of the management to say, hey guys, feel free to use our music if you want to promote your station. How utterly magnificent would that be? But we can but dream and listen. In the world that I live in, we never say never and absolutely anything is possible. Don't ever rule anything out that could happen in this crazy, wacky world in which we live. So uh, where are we at today? It's Wednesday. I cannot believe it's five days to Christmas. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not feeling the Christmas vibe, but as I'm looking out the window, especially during the day, it doesn't look and feel very Christmassy, although the area in which I live at night, all the houses and the neighbours are utterly trying to outdo each other when it comes to their Christmas decorations. Some of them even have these humongous igloo, inflatable igloos constructed in their front gardens with inflatable snowmen inside playing Christmas music uh, to the early hours of the morning, gently, like a nativity scene. It's quite the sight to behold. And I'm grateful to people for doing that because it saves me having to buy all that tat. It saves me having to wire up all those lights around my house. It saves my electricity bill. I just go out for a walk every night at about 11 o'clock around the neighborhood and take in the splendor and the wonder of the winter wonderland in which I'm walking but it hasn't cost me a penny. Let those mugs uh, decorate their houses and I will enjoy it from the outside. And remember, if you decorate the outside of your house, folks, you don't get to see it. You're paying for someone else to see it as they pass by. So I want to give a big salute <laughs> to all my neighbours for spending huge amounts of money and uh, massive amounts of electricity costs to entertain me every night as I get ready for Christmas. So uh, what's coming up in this art? You might be wondering, well, I'm going to be talking to Gemma in just a minute. Uh, ben Pyle will be join, joining me also, uh, Climate Debate UK. He's going to be hopping on the microphone to get a year-end roundup from him about where we're at right now and where we might be going. Uh, I suppose uh, I'll give a little bit of promotional shout out here to uh, the TNT shop uh, where we're talking just before the show started. Natalie was wearing a very smart TNT radio uh, polo shirt. Uh, I also have one of those and a TNT baseball cap and a TNT t-shirt. Uh, and my wife has told me last night she wants to buy me a TNT beanie hat because I always wear a beanie when I'm out walking and it's a little bit uh, worse for wear. Let's just say it needs replacing. So she's going to put a little order in for me for a nice new TNT beanie. So it is coming up to that time of the year. Uh, hopefully you haven't left it too late to buy uh, presents for the people that you love, for the people that you want to bless. So you could do worse than checking out our merchandise. Uh, go to the website, tntradio.live. 
uh, everything on there. They've got bumper stickers. They've got mouse mats. They've got lovely mugs. They've got uh, hoodies, the backpacks. You name it. Uh, the merch people in TNT have actually done a fantastic job with the range of the stuff that we have, and also it looks really tasty. Black, of course, uh, with the lovely TNT logo on there in white, red, and black. It looks rather stunning. And I'm not just saying that because I am obviously a, a, a worker with TNT Radio, but I have ordered the merch of my own accord, and I'm happy to wear it because it looks damn good. So do yourselves a favor and help the war effort here at TNT Radio. Buy some merch, and even if you're not going to wear it yourself, buy it and give it as a gift to other people. Be the gift that keeps on giving, and of course, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's just a nice little topical message for this time of the year. But anyway, enough waffling by me. Uh, we're going to take a brief pause. Uh, Gemma's going to hop back on and we're going to chew the fat about more pressing issues that are happening on the world stage at this time only on TNT Radio. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Ah, uh, Christmas, Gem. I don't know if you have any TNT merch yourself, uh, but I, I strongly advise you to go and check out uh, the website if you haven't already done it. A lot of people just don't think about doing it, really, but there is some tasty stuff to be had on there. Do you have any TNT merchandise? you Are going to be honest with us and say yeah or nay? Well, funnily enough, earlier in the year when I was, I think, standing on the, the Freeman Report when James Freeman was on a summer break, mm. I was uh, I was getting really into the the merchandise. And I said, I mm. think at the, the last show of that week, I said, listen, all the TNT army, everyone in the tribe and the chat, we all need to buy something because then it's like mm. an, it's not like a, just a bit of merchandise. It's like a uniform for the TNT mm -hmm. army. So wherever you are in the world, you know, and you see someone and they've got a bumper sticker or a pair of socks or they're drinking their mug of coffee or tea with their TNT mug, you think, yes, one of us, I can talk to this person. You know, a little bit like stand in the park with all the yellow and the flags and everything. It's like a covert underground black, white and red army. But I, I, was, in, I was like really urging people to do it. And I said, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go and buy a t-shirt right now. Did I? No, I didn't. So <laughs> I think it's gonna well, be a new, a, Christmas present to myself. Get a nice little close-fitting T-shirt to wear in the yeah. new year. Well, this could be a timely reminder. And the same for me, too. You know, you're helping the war effort as well. Uh, and the, the merch genuinely does look, look really, really good. My wife has a really cool uh, women's uh, TNT T-shirt, and it looks really, really good on her. Yeah, so, and of course, then you're a walking advertisement for the station. And some people might just say, hey, what's that TNT thing? It gives you an opportunity to talk about the show and direct people uh, towards listening to this, because that's what we're all about, trying to grow our listener base and also our viewership now that we're doing live streaming as well. But we are TNT radio first and foremost uh, that's what we are that's what we've always been and that's what we always will be and we're just about trying to keep people in the mix and get that name out there by hook or by crook so christmas spend your money somewhere it's got to be somewhere it's got to be the tnt merch store so anyway that's a lot of plugging for the merch this morning hopefully uh, we see a massive spike in takings over the christmas year and uh, we all get a massive bonus in january as a result of our t-shirt sales but you know <laughs> fingers crossed we can't but we can't but dream but anyway uh we'll have another story here this morning this one i'm not gonna lie it sent shivers up and down my spine this morning Tony Blair and Benjamin Netanyahu grinning together, talking about peace in inverted commas. Surely this is a parody, Gemma. Surely this is a spoof, but I fear nay, it is actually about to happen. What's the lowdown in this one? 
Well, Rick, you know, you and I are very similar age and very similar generation. And, you know, we we like to watch movies, classic movies. And do you remember the movie when it came out in the 70s and early 80s? It was in the early 80s, Jaws. Remember Jaws? Mm-hmm. So you remember the strap line on the poster, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the yep. water. That's mm-hmm. what this headline reminded me of this morning. I thought to myself, just when you think the situation in the Middle East can't get any worse, they're deploying Tony Blair to go and meet with Benjamin Netanyahu to talk about ceasefire and peace. And I just thought to myself, who decided this one? Because you have to remember, even last week, even last week, Rick, I'm sure you might have seen this headline. I discussed it with Dean Mackin on the breakfast show. What is the TNT breakfast show here in the UK? There are still calls even now from other MPs for Tony Blair to be stripped of his knighthood because of taking us into the war in Iraq in 2003 and the, what that meant and the repercussions for the Middle East, for us, for everything. And they're talking about deploying Tony Blair to the Middle East. And he's going. He's going to meet Benjamin Netanyahu in the next few days. This was announced yesterday in the Commons on a quite kind of low down, low key basis, because I think they understand what type of reaction this could well be generating. And it was announced by a, a junior minister Minister for Development in Africa, he was being quizzed on what the UK is doing to help broke, you know, help with the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. And he said, well, we're going to send Tony Blair. And you're thinking, well, haven't we got Lord Cameron, who's just been parachuted in as foreign secretary? Well, maybe we need to ask what he might think about this. But he's going to go in the next few days. The reasons being touted are that he's known Benjamin Netanyahu for 25 years, um, from his time when he was obviously the PM. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu has apparently back this personally that Tony Blair is sent over to talk about how they kind of progress with a kind of cause in the in the war. Um, but you have to think, you know, this is the man that broke international law. He lied to parliament. He took us into the Middle East, into Iraq under under false pretenses, under weapons of mass destruction. Uh, he ignored a massive demonstration in his own country. Uh, this led to devastation for Iraqi civilians and for members of the British Army who came out with PTSD as a result of what they saw over there. And he's being deployed to talk about peace efforts. Uh, it just the mind does actually boggle. Now, details haven't been a- announced as to when they're going to meet and exactly what they're going to discuss. That's all being kept very quiet. It's unofficial talks. Um, but given his track record, you just wonder what he's going to say, you know, and I don't wish to make light of the Middle Eastern situation far from it. But is he going to say to him, oh, Benjamin, Ben, Benny, just do what you want. Do what you want. Just lie. I did. You know, that's that's the kind of that's the foreign relations now. I was really shocked when I saw this headline, um, not least because the, none of the details are being released. It's all being happening behind closed doors and it's unofficial. But it does rather beg the question, well, why send him at all? We've just we've just appointed a new foreign secretary. Uh, why send Tony Blair, especially given it, his history? It's it's not. You know, you referenced Jaws there. Uh, when I see people like Blair and Cameron, you know, that TV show, The Apprentice, you know, uh, Alan Sugar, he, he, he sacks people every week and he whittles it down until what the last two and of the last two, one of them becomes The Apprentice. Well, I think I haven't seen it for a long, long time, but the format of that show is just before they make the decision, there's tasks set and all the people that have been booted out of the show up to that point are brought back to help the final two contestants you know to win the title of the apprentice and this was this is what it feels like when i'm looking at the uk political stage at this point in time it's like all the loser candidates and all the people that have been sacked or all the people that have had to quit or resign in the past are being trawled back uh, from uh, the, the the nether regions and planted back into the forefront of 
British politics. And, you know, we saw it recently with David Cameron, as you rightly say, you know, he was made a, 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 a peer by Charles, so just so as he could fulfill that role of foreign secretary. You know, he's an ex-British uh, prime minister. And now we have Tony Blair, who's a Labour, ex-Labour British prime minister, and some have dubbed him the butcher of Baghdad because they reckon he was, you know, directly or indirectly responsible for up to a million Iraqis being killed. And he's now being dispatched to the Middle East to talk to Netanyahu, who's talked recently. Uh, I don't pay the man that much attention, but whatever I've heard coming out of his mouth, he's referencing the Bible and wiping out Amalek, and he's trying to justify genocide using a scriptural verses. It's insane that the two of them are sitting together and under the under the banner of peace. Uh, I find that a hard one to swallow. Gemma, maybe I'm being an old cynic here, uh, but when you look at their track records, especially Blur in particular, and the fact that they even want to strip him of the titles that he's had because of war crimes and lies about weapons of mass destruction, the fact that he's the best that Britain has to send out there, uh, authorised and endorsed by a Tory government, an ex-Labour uh, British Prime Minister, it's, it beggars belief. Well, it, it also smacks of just the globalist agenda, doesn't it? You know, we're we're gonna yeah. we're, what we're gonna talk about. Well, we'll talk about what we want to talk about and how we're gonna do things because it's always been like that. And you know, it was nearly two years ago now that uh, Tony Blair was awarded the most senior honor. Uh, that the Queen could bestow at the time, the Order of the Knight of the Garter, which only a handful of people outside of members of the royal family have, and they get it for services to the country. Is it services to the country or services to the agenda? I think we both know the answer to that. But no sooner did the Queen award him that honour, bestow him that honour, um, then, then there was a petition launched straight away and it got over a million signatures in six days. That was nearly mm -hmm. two years ago now. That was the strength of feeling. A million people turned out onto the street before we went into Iraq and said, don't do it. Did he listen? Did he hell? And I'm just worried that's what the approach he's going to take to Benjamin Netanyahu, saying, don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about what they say. Don't Just do what you like, darling. Do what you like. I did. You know, that's where we are in this very, very volatile situation in the Middle East. And it just is. It, It's almost some kind of parody comedy program, isn't it? Like spitting image. It's a spitting image mm -hmm. sketch, effectively. But it's real. It's real. And, it, you know, I th the very fact it was announced so quietly by a junior minister, um, it, it was like, oh, we don't really want to make a big deal out of this. He's not a prime minister anymore. Anyway, let's not worry about it. Trouble with former prime ministers is they always think they're still the prime minister. You yeah, know, once a PM, it. always a PM. That's it. They're power crazy, power mad. That's it. I think it might have been you that brought that point up uh, over the last few weeks as well. And it's stuck in my head about they just won't let go. And looking in that article as well, Gemma, Tony Blair is now 70 years of age. OK, he's no, he's no spring chicken uh, by any stretch of the imagination. How many 70 year olds? Do you know that still want to be, you know, who, who want the the political want political limelight, want to be prancing around on the world stage? Surely, at age seventy, after what he's done in his political life, which is uh, a tale a trail of death and destruction, if the truth be told, you would have thought he would have hung up his political boots by now. But this is testimony to that thing that they just still think that they're the chief. They still think that they're the boss. They still want to be in the limelight. They still want to be seen as valuable. Maybe his mortality uh, is creeping up on him. He realizes he may not have much time left in this mortal coil. So he's maybe trying to do as much, well, in his eyes uh, or in the world's eyes or the this article says good as possible, but God knows what he's been lying, sent over there to do. Maybe it's his last final push for death uh, before the Grim Reaper claims his miserable carcass. What do you think?
It's very possible. I mean, he was appointed a, a peace envoy to the Middle East, doesn't he, in 2007 mm -hmm. after he came out of the office as PM. And that didn't go down well at all. I mean, he, he just didn't work in that role and eventually ended up resigning in 2015 because he was supposed to you know, be helping grow the Palestinian economy and working in that region to bring peace. But everybody could see then he was far too close to the Israeli government. It was never going to work. And he struggled to, to kind of hide his allegiances. Um, so whatever is going on in that power craze cycle head. I don't think it bodes well. I mean, it'd be interesting if there's any leaks about what these talks are likely to be or if we get anything from behind closed doors. I doubt we will. Um, but it's two people who are clearly very, very chummy. Um, and one of them whose track record in this country is, you know, criminal, war criminal, borderline, well, not borderline criminal, we should war criminal, simple as that. That's what many, many people think. It's like almost like uh, Ted Bundy getting together with, uh, you know, Ed Gein somewhere in a prison cell together and uh, talking about what they used to get up to behind closed doors. Shudder. Uh, I shudder to think what those two are going to be talking about, Gemma, to be honest with you. But maybe if this does push ahead, undoubtedly, we'll be hearing more about this one in the new year, which is only two weeks away from now. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, but many thanks to you for bringing that one to us today. Interesting to know what these uh, these uh, skullduggery merchants, i.e. Tony Blair, are still up to at this time. So we've got to call time in this one, Gemma. Many thanks as always, see you again tomorrow morning. And please stay tuned for Ben Pyler's incoming here uh, into TNT Towers. We'll be back in conversation in just a minute. Don't go away. TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. I said, could she die? And the doctor said, she could. It was so scary. When I started clawing at my neck and trying to breathe and I thought, you know, what are we going to do if I die here? <laughs> How's everyone going to go on? When someone's gravely sick or injured in the bush, they rely on the Royal Flying Doctor Service. But now the Flying Doctor needs your help to fund vital medical equipment and supplies. Please search Flying Doctor online to give a regular gift of just $10. You can help equip the Flying Doctor's teams to respond to any emergency anywhere. Search Flying Doctor online. Become a part of the Royal Flying Doctor service and help save lives in the bush. Today's News Talk. News and information. TNT Radio.
Okay, let's uh, get the ball rolling again here. It's Wednesday, the 20th of December, 2023. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Rick Munn, and I'm really happy to be joined. And sad as well a little bit, because it's the last time we'll be talking this year by the one and only Ben Pal. Uh, ben, if you're familiar with the show, is an absolute legend. He's an independent researcher and writer. He's a net zero critic and a skeptic, and also uh, the co-founder of Climate Debate. UK. And if you want to, if you use the platform on the X slash Twitter platform, you can follow him at Climb 8 Resistance, C-L-I-M number 8 Resistance. And also, uh, Substack, Ben, uh, you sent me a link through yesterday uh, to your new uh, updated Bells and Whistles Substack page. How can people connect with that one if they like to do a little bit of reading? What's the address for that? That's net zero scandal, uh, dot substack dot com. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, Netzerosandal.substack.com because I know there's a lot of people yeah. out there actually use the Substack platform. How are you finding it yourself? Uh, you know, I've pressurized you. I've put a lot of pressure on you this year and uh, to be a little bit more prolific in your output. Have you cracked? Uh, is this your uh, relinquishing to my uh, pressure uh, or have you started that up for other reasons? <laughs> oh, a bit, a, a mixture. We uh, the, the problem is we've got a website, we've got a YouTube channel, we do stuff with other groups like together, and we've got so we've got all these, and there's only like one and a half of us at the moment, but there's more um, on an unofficial basis. So we've got a we've got to find a way of putting all that in front of people, um, and we're making practically zero money at it. Like we're not, we you know we don't have these billionaires mm. behind us like the the green groups have they they just they've got off the shelf they can start up ngos just off the shelf and um, but we we believe in democracy we don't believe in billionaires and we believe people making decisions for themselves so that's an unpopular proposition for, for a lot of people and a lot of, and and the people are and the, you know people are feeling the pinch right now um but some people um hopefully um are or they well they already are um are willing to chuck us the the, the price of a coffee mm. once a month or so for the benefit of reading uh my articles and and our research and um and updates on what we're doing so yeah it's got to be done really um i'm I, you know i've i've been putting stuff out for free um for well since about 2007 variously mm. And I just can't, I can't afford to do that anymore. You know, got yeah. the, uh, got the bills to pay. Um, and, and, and for, and you make yourself very unpopular with, uh, employers by mm. taking a stand with on, on, on climate change and, and the other ideological issues of the day. Um, if I so, yeah. can't, can say to people as well, listen, everyone's free to decide, you know, what they uh, spend their hard earned cash on. But I think there's so many good, uh, independent uh, media outlets out there uh, in Ireland and also in the UK as well and the like of what you're doing too that if it's possible and if you could see your way towards doing it uh, you know uh, check out Ben's Substack page and like I said it's the cost you know it's up to you what you do, but it encourages people who have been working for a long, long time trying to uh, get the word out there, not making anything from it. They're not doing it for money, but bills do need to be paid and things are really, really tight at the minute. So the, this buy, buy me a coffee business, I think, is a great thing. You know, it's three or four quid these days for a fancy coffee if you decide to go out and have it out. So maybe consider this, not just for Ben, but there's maybe there's a Substack page or a news outlet that you like or that you want to support. 
uh, feel free uh, just to give them a little bit of encouragement maybe uh, at this time of the year. Ben, you made a, a statement there uh, just um in fact, uh, I was going to say we'll get into a talk about this one about green ideology. This was brilliant. I thought uh, you said green ideology is the British middle class version of crystal meth. Uh, it rots brains and induces bizarre behavior and paranoid psychosis. And I think, uh, like myself, I think, I don't know if I would describe you as being a little bit more militant than you were the first time we ever spoke on TNT, which was well over a year ago now. But I think people are actually doing away with niceties now and getting straight down to the, you know, the, the bare bones of the problems that we face and they're not pulling any punches. And I think that statement from you was bang on. Uh, green ideology is the British middle class version of crystal meth, rotting brains and inducing bizarre behavior and paranoid psychosis. I want you to expand on that for me after we take this little news break, uh, because I think you're going to have a lot to say about it. And then we'll look at some uh, other issues that are happening around the green net zero madness within the UK when we come back after the short news headline here on TNT Radio. Turn on the news. I have a little news flash. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. The United Nations Children's Fund has expressed outrage over the situation in Gaza, where close to 8,000 Palestinian children are now said to have been killed in Israel's brutal bombardment. A top British minister has seemingly defended an Israeli sniper who shot and killed a Christian mother and her daughter at a church in Gaza. And the UN has condemned Kiev's crackdown on the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, saying banning the largest Christian church in the country could violate human rights. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, Ben, I just uh, want you to expand a little bit out on what you said there to do with uh, the green ideology. You also expanded the said forces victims the exproportionate others' goods and money to feed their own habits and regular use causes addicts in the exclusive repetitive cycles of behaviour, including copying and pasting Guardian articles. Is this, uh, you know, joking aside, is this an actual uh, mind rot problem that we have among certain people who are simply incapable of either engaging in critical thinking or they actually believe this or they're doing it for nefarious purposes just for financial gain? It does seem to be a madness of sorts. I think it does. And I, I mean, I, and there is a jokey side to this. And then there is a sensible side to this. I'm, I'm very serious about it. I've met hundreds maybe thousands of greens over the years I, I was one a green leftoid kind of as a very young uh, man um, and as a boy but then the you you when you when you find a disagreement with people on on different issues maybe it's a science issue not necessarily not not related to the climate maybe maybe you meet someone from the opposite side of the political spectrum maybe maybe it's a disagreement about a moral question maybe it's about most people in in most they may, they may you know they may get their back they may get their backs up a little bit that you've disagreed with them or you've challenged them but but many most people who are serious about ideas somewhat take the challenge on as an opportunity uh, uh, both to improve their ideas and to uh, like uh, uh, you know in, in relation to your own like there's the here's the argument here's the counter argument I remember this at university there were some people who are really good at this some people just uh, oh great you're a socialist I'm a conservative well let's just hammer this out right just just for just for either sport 
for 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 giggles and etc or or maybe there's an audience and we want to we want to persuade them of, of a position but i find increasingly that the green movement is not is not made of people who have that belief or have that that ethic if you like there's no culture of debate in environmentalism from back from the 1970s it's always been been about obedience and compulsion and and about and of course therefore about power so so greens greens need power to to coerce you and to force you and and just look at the 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 hysterical reactions that have been from academics seemingly you know on the campus seemingly the home of the western the tradition of the western uh, enlightenment you know, of the age of reason and so on and so forth you if you want to see panic and confusion and fear on the face of a professor just put forward in the calmest possible way um uh, uh, some something resembling climate skepticism um their, their their response is completely irrational and 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 i've, I've pointed this out many times the 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 uh the quality of argument you get back from people involved with institutional science and other parts of uh, academia and uh, and so on and so forth that are involved with climate change the higher up the food chain you go you don't get a better argument than you get from the you know the trolls the the the, the bottom feeders as it were at the bottom of the rung like you know the bloke in the pub the green bloke in the pub um, which is not to disparage blokes in pubs uh, uh, you know at all but but you know you, you can get the same quality of argument the, the, the the former um, chair of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, Rajendra Pachauri, he criticised, for example, um, uh, Bjorn Longberg, infamous climate sceptic, he criticised uh, Bjorn Longberg saying, what is the difference between Bjorn Longberg's view of the world and Hitler, Hitler's? Because, because Bjorn Longberg says you could do more, much better for more people in the world with much less money. So, um, uh, so, so you know, he's saying the the, the, we, the world has problems, and it ha and we need to prioritize those problems. And climate change is actually quite far down the list. So, I, and I, you know, I've been struggling with this with with this for years. Um, and I, you know, uh, the, the presidents of the Royal Society, Britain's oldest uh, science academy, science institutional, uh, oldest scientific institution, uh, I think, in the world, um, was 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 livid when he would he would encounter anything that resembled um uh, uh, uh climate skepticism he wasn't cool and rational as we'd expect these people to be so there's a culture and not mm. just that which, which hasn't developed a sort of democratic tradition within it it is actively hostile to reasoning with its with its counterparts um and that that sets it apart from other intellectual traditions or political philosophies um in 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 the modern era right uh, mm. and not to put it too strongly and of course there've always been staunch socialists and absolute conservatives but 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 they've but this is this seems to be of the whole movement and i don't think i've ever met a green with anything between the ears worth writing home about and i don't mean that to be unkind i think that's that's like kind of a that 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 seems to be the pattern they're very posh they're they're very entitled and they're very and, and, they're, and they're just incapable of this sort of 
pleasantries that most people were just are just are just normal for most people. A lot of people call me. I used to find a lot of people called Quakers, and they mm. would they would explode with C bombs, F bombs, and all the other bombs that there were. They would throw, you know, they were just just absolutely apoplectic. And so I just I just kind of haven't made much progress with this idea other than comparing it, the story of environmentalism and its intolerance to Breaking Bad and and, oh. and all these sort of these a, uh, these a, well let's hope it doesn't end up let's hope it doesn't end up like Breaking Bad uh, I don't want to give any spoilers out there but that's probably one of the most intense it's going to be worse uh, than I mean but, but I mean we're going to take environmental and ideology seriously they're we'll have worse a thousand than Walter that. Whites I mean, a thousand Walter Whites or a thousand right, yeah. uh, what was his name Heisendorf or Heisenberg, Heisenberg. yeah remember yeah, that yeah yeah what a guy yeah well, these, the, the, but so like the 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 the, the, the 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 consequence of ruining so many brains with this powerful ideological drug, environmentalism, is going to be hardship. It's going to be serious poverty for for many people. You know, and if not, if it's not already inflicting it on the in on people in the West by denying, you know, we 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 speak as though there's a first world and a third mm -hmm. world as though the first world doesn't have any problems but we we know very well uh in the UK many millions of people are unable to afford their mortgages their their and their heating bills and so, and and they can't afford to get around um so it's not like you know people here now are living in this life of luxury so so the more that environmentalism causes politicians and governments to fail to address and recognize people's most basic needs and feeds them with the false promises of green utopia the more damage it's going to do and i and i'd say it's probably a worse problem it's going to be a worse problem globally and nationally for every country that gets involved it's going to be a worse problem than drugs well, um, well, uh, well. Leading it back, actually, to your first analogy, you know, like the the crystal meth users of uh, you know our society at the minute, or they're not akin to it, uh, or the greenies. Uh, let's let's take a story here and let's have a look at it. So, obviously, there's an agenda at play here. Uh, there's a huge push towards phasing out uh, internal combustion engine cars right across the world, but particularly in the UK, it was originally 2030. They wanted to stop the sale of any new uh, diesel and petrol cars. I believe the can has been kicked down the road now. They're looking at 2035 but they're still pushing uh for ev ownership now since the first time you came on here which was over a year ago until this point in time i think it's fair to say that a lot of bubbles are bursting with regards to electronic vehicles and uh you can tell me what you think about this number one uh, it turns out that they're incredibly expensive to insure or they're becoming extremely expensive to insure they're talking about bringing in a tesla tax on these cars you know they were originally sold that you wouldn't have to pay any road tax that would be more efficient uh charging the car than it would be to put petrol or diesel in at the pumps now it's just as expensive to fully charge them up and keep them topped up uh, as you go about your journey i think it is safe to say that the bubble's bursting but the government ben put out uh, an article here this is actually from gov.uk a boost for electric vehicle drivers as fifty thousand public charge points are installed across the uk the uk leads the transition to net zero and is on target to install three hundred thousand public points by 2030. I can only talk for where I live and I've said this numerous times I could literally count on the fingers of one hand and I'm not even including my thumb the amount of EV charging ports that there are in the city in which I live and the one that I moved from I could have counted on the fingers with one hand. I'm not seeing 
hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of EV charging points or even people using them where I live. Uh, is that just me? Am I just isolated here? Are they amping up or hyping up these figures to make it look like they're winning? Well, they're making promises about delivering these things because they want people they that people are anxious about where they're going to charge and so they're they're creating these these incentives for developers but then of course you, you these these things have enormous demands for power so for example in west london which is probably the area where you you know the the, the highest concentration of people in the uk who are able to afford evs there was a there was in fact a, a moratorium on installing charges. I'm not sure what the status of that is now because there simply wasn't the the net the grid infrastructure to move the power from the from the generators from whatever generators we have, be they wind powered or gas fired, um, to West London, right? Because the you know the, 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 <laughs> there's too much demand for that power. Whether or not there's going to be the demand for EVs. Um, so the, the government has to create all these schemes to try and make people, <coughs> excuse me, push people towards um, EV ownership when they, they probably don't really want to. Um, and also, the, 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 but, but I don't think they've really done the maths or the arithmetic of it either. So <coughs> 300,000 certainly sounds like a lot, um, but there are, there are 30 million or so people with cars. And um, they're going to want to keep them topped up so that they can use them mm -hmm. when they need them. So, three hundred thousand charging points um, sounds like a, you know, if that was three hundred thousand petrol stations or diesel, mm -hmm. diesel stations, then that would be one thing because you could go there and fill your car up and then and then go on your way. But uh, three hundred thousand car uh, charging points probably isn't the same kind of thing. And um, and this is going to get worse. So so the, the the sneaky thing that Rishi did is he said. Oh, we're going to move the car ban, the the, the EV car sales ban from uh, back from 2030 to 2035 to keep it in line with Europe. And then he sneakily, sneakily just introduced these uh, the sales mandates. So that rather than sort of banning cars, he's banning the sale of petrol and diesel cars by degree. So by 2030, that's going to be 80 percent. So people are going to be rushing for the old model cars so they can have a car for the next 20, 20 mm. years or so when they, when they finally ban them. And so it's really, really, he, he knows that that was an unpopular move. The government and the opposition know that the banning of uh, um, petrol and diesel cars was very unpopular. So Rishi did this fake stunt of sort of like representing our interests he called it being pragmatic rather than ideological or some some such concoction mm -hmm. but he didn't um but he, he didn't mean it so now so now everyone you know so it was a, it was a big con it was a, literally a con and and um and and they and they have to do these increasingly desperate things just to try um uh, and and sort of manage the, the the problems that the 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 green agenda has caused and now of course the the latest one is in order to supply uh net zero uh, power electricity to everyone's homes um they're going to need uh, uh more and more pylons so we're going to have to get more and more the whole <clears throat> the whole country is going to have to have two or three or four times as many pylons running up and down it um so make, making every, every the, the yeah, to, to increase to be... the power of the grid yeah because if you think well, about well, it, it, um, 
Oh, I was going to say, actually, uh, I, I want to talk about, mm -hmm. I want to flesh that out a little bit more, but we've got to take a break now. Sorry for cutting in on you there, Ben. So what we'll do is uh, we'll just take a brief pause. And when we come back, let's look at what might be needed uh, in terms of, you know, to sustain this model and, you know, increasing the grid uh, would be a massive undertaking, given that uh, it's sadly lacking in many places at the minute, even as it is. So uh, please stay tuned uh, for more discussion on this uh, very important topic when we come back in just two minutes time here on TNT Radio. Don't go away. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Remember that song years ago, Lunatic Fringe? I know you're out there. Believe me, I know they're out there. I simply watched these people in the climate change cabal and listen to what they say. John Kerry is out there, and I will give him credit. At least he did not say a half billion people like Hillary Clinton. But the latest is that climate change is causing respiratory problems and has killed a half million people. Now, where do these statistics come from? Are there death certificates now that say you died because of climate change? But we've got this guy from France, I guess, Francois Jimin, a professor at the University of Liège and a specialist in environmental geopolitics. What the heck is that? He spoke on French TV about the threats of cats and dogs. Listen to this one. Cats and dogs are a disaster for the climate. A cat is a disaster for biodiversity. Do you hear that, Maisie and Shooter? And a dog is a disaster for the climate. Positive proof, folks. The lunatic fringe, except they may not be fringe anymore, is indeed out there. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog. Oh my goodness, a dog. That's a disaster for a climate. Asking you to enjoy the weather, it's the only weather you've got. We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Wanna get out of here? To empower many. This is unbelievable. It doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have the power to reach out. Let's go! and help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together. You're with Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. So just before the break there, uh, Ben, we were talking about possibly upgrading uh, the, the grid to, to, to be able to accommodate all these extra charging ports and the massive load that this is going to place on uh, electricity supplies. Uh, I don't know if you follow much what the situation is in South Africa, but I have a, a guest that comes on regularly, Rob Hutchinson, and they're in the middle of uh, you know uh, years. It's been going on for years. They call it load shedding over there, where basically during the course of the day, there could be 12 hours that there is no electricity. This can come on for two hours, go off for two hours, come on for three hours, go off for three hours. It makes running businesses and living life very, very difficult indeed. And even uh, last week, there was reports in Australia of uh, the grid was put under huge pressure because there wasn't enough uh, electricity being generated by renewables. And uh, people were asked, you know, to ease off on the dishwasher use and, you know, think twice before switching on your kettle. Uh, could this be setting us up for an epic fail if they do push everything through. They don't have the charging infrastructure. They don't have the grid updated. Could literally, worst case scenario, we'd be looking at everything grinding to a halt if they do successfully transition everybody across to this uh, EV uh, dystopian hell that they're 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 mooting around. 
Yeah, I don't follow the story in South Africa too closely. I probably should have a bit of a, a bit of a look at it. But the same is we, we we face the same problems, and 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 at its core, the problem the problem is that in in you know in the recent past, um, most of our energy did not come through the grid through the power grid. I think it was about a fifth of our energy was electricity, and if you got a home, you wouldn't heat your home with power. Uh, you you would heat your home with gas. So, uh, in fact, you'd have several different fuels. Uh, coal was the main fuel that was used to create electricity. Petrol and diesel were the main fuels to power transport. Um, uh, and, and gas, uh, and maybe a bit of coal, was the, the, the fuel that, that uh, heated your home. But with the, the, what net zero requires is everything goes on to electricity. So you've got to, uh, you've got to expand the grid five times at the very least and then the, you need to create a surplus constantly create a surplus and you they they claim that we're going to be able to store this either in silly batteries enormous batteries or in fuels like hydrogen which i think is just science fiction for the next 50 to 100 years and it's, it's very dangerous and very silly at the moment to sort of think about those kind of ideas um so so you so now your heating and your transport is in in competition with the power and on top of that you've got all these windmills that may or may not be turning and all these solar panels where there may or may not be sunshine and and uh, and things of that nature so very very variable so the grid operators are going to have to be balancing this and that and uh, yeah. uh, you know a balancing supply against demand and the way that they think they're going to do that here is firstly by asking large industrial consumers and uh, larger larger uh, uh, uh apply you know larger applications mm -hmm. to have just to switch off right so they have a a contract which pays them to turn their factory off if that's possible um and and uh and then they're trying to roll out now smart meters i'm putting it in air quotes smart meters mm -hmm. um that will be able to sort of um turn off your either turn off your appliances or you know turn off your your car charger, um, maybe turn off your appliances with or without your consent. Um, that remains to be fully explained by the the, the, the system operators, um, how that's going to work and legally. Um, and um, and then by offering inducements. So there's the, this in the last few years, they've been trialing these schemes out. Where they say, oh, we'll give you 50p. If you turn your electricity up between four o'clock and six o'clock, because there's going to be high demand, um, and then that will register with your that produced um, demand will register with your smart meter, and then you'll be eligible for your um, uh, your your rebate, your one pound or fifty p rebate. You know peanuts in return for yeah. not using electricity. So they they're coming up with all these harebrained schemes about how to manage demand against supply. But ultimately, it's going to be price. It's going to be rationing, and there's no other word for it. It's going to be rationing, and 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 that's going to be rationing according to what the weather can provide. We they call it the smart meter. They call it progress, but all it is is we're being returned to the the situation that that was existed a uh, hundred or more years ago where people had to wait for the weather to organize their lives so if they wanted mm -hmm. to do something if you want to turn your dishwasher on, you want to wash the wash your clothes if you want to have a shower you're going to have to wait for the right weather conditions 
So this is this is deeply historically regressive um, and very dangerous to to our economy. So we're going to I mean, who knows how well they're going to manage it? The difference main the main difference between the UK and South Africa at the moment is that when we when the UK faces an energy shortage like we've had in the last few years, because of Europe's react response to the Russia-Ukraine conflict, or because of net zero, um, a country like a government like Britain's is able to just put billions and billions and billions onto into buying electricity, buying the commodities, competing with other countries. So, so for, for the resources that are available. So, so Britain, the government just just um, sort of get, uh, underwrote a lot of people's bills, millions of people's bills, basically, mm. um, to try and mitigate mitigate the the political consequences of 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 bills that are rising out of out of control. That's why we had a price cap. Um, so, so as as the the situation gets more and more chaotic, the government is going to have to do more and more that hasn't you know that has never been tested before technologically or economically or politically to try and keep the situation stable to try and keep everyone's lights on um and that's going to get more and more and more and more expensive so it's uh, so so but whereas you know and as that get as we run out of money as money becomes scarcer we're going to face situations more like there it was in in South Africa where they where they just have no choice but to turn the power off for a certain number of consumers for for a certain portion of the day yeah, and this has been going on, you know, in South Africa in particular, uh, there's a great uh, website, thing, uh, uh, Twitter page I encourage you to follow called Dear SA underscore national, Dear South Africa. Uh, and they keep everybody up to date about all the domestic issues there. But the, the load shedding uh predicament over there is absolutely horrendous. Uh, it's just part of this whole uh, push that's going on to coerce and control people into behaving a certain way. Uh, one of your favourite topics here, the old uh, ULES cameras. I noticed an article that came out here just as we're run up to the close here today. Get your thoughts and opinions on this. Uh, Counter-terrorism arrests after ULES camera allegedly was blown up in London. So a man aged 60 and another man aged 61 have been detained. Uh, and their addresses have been searched following an explosion in Sidcup uh, on the 6th of December. So counter-terrorist police have got involved. Uh, some people have rigged up, uh, must have been some type of an explosive concoction uh, to damage a ULES camera in Sidcup. Now they have the houses have been raided. Uh, they're being treated as uh, terrorists potentially, uh, all because of their frustration and anger, I would dare say, at these ULES cameras, which are really hammering a lot of people financially as well. Some of these fines of £12.50 a day for people leaving their houses in London. Uh, and if they don't pay them within a certain amount of time, then they pay extra fees on this. You know, it, it, I, we don't condone. We don't condone violence here. We don't condone destruction of property. But you can understand why some people are so frustrated with this now. Like this is a 61-year-old man and a 60-year-old man. These aren't juvenile delinquents running around in hoodies, uh, you know, and uh, mulling around in street corners. These are actually grown-ass men who are close to retirement here, so hacked off with this. They're actually prepared to blow these damn things up. Is that how deeply uh, the sentiment runs against them at the minute? Yeah, this, it's it's distressing for a lot of people. But mm -hmm. I think Greens sort of had this idea that we just we just need this sort of nudge, and then we'll have this other form of life. But I think the first prosecutions have started to come through now, um, started to go through. And I think there was one. The, the first one was this week, and it was a, a guy who took 
I don't know what device it was to to one of the polls, but and he he was of a, I think he was a similar age actually, and the, and and he was unable to go and see his brother who's who's men, who has mental health problems, yeah, and he needs his that. support, and and so you know and, and the, the green the green blobbers the, you know and the, the likes mm. of Sadiq Khan and the Labour Party they don't understand that 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 guy has a car in order to do pretty much a minimum wage job. Mm -hmm. To have enough money to help him and to help and to go and see his brother, so who who needs his his family's care, it's informal social care rather than care that's taken you know provided to him from. I mean, you can't really have a state a brother of the of the, of the state, but I mean that is of course how the Greens conceive of things. But this guy was going around. He he wasn't using his car to make unnecessary journeys, as they as they like to call them. He wasn't doing it for for giggles. It wasn't a joyride. Mm -hmm. It was to support his family, and that and there's no provision uh, for 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 that in in their in green thinking. Um, not that that not that anyone should need to explain why they're using a car to a government, but um, the, the 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 they haven't they haven't thought about how people live their lives and how they're going to live their lives and this guy just had enough and as you say i don't i don't can i don't condone it at all um because it's not it's not going to end well the way the way it ends mm -hmm. is that we all get rid of sadiq khan through the ballot box mm -hmm. that's that's how it's got to be done and then and people will say what about the other guys if 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 the other guys aren't sufficient i mean there is there are alternative candidates in london um we've just got to be organized to get everyone to to to, to focus on the candidates who've got a, a realistic chance of getting rid of him but but um if there isn't the candidate that you need in your area then you need to be that guy you or you that woman you need to or people need to organize uh, their own political representation not not because uh, it's going to only going to go one way yes you'll chop down the 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 ULES camera and you'll make a statement and it will be embarrassing for Khan but it would also people will say oh I don't condone illegality you know there might be people are going to find it problematic and they're not they're not going to support you um but but you know if people have got next if uh, a name to put an X to at the next ballot the next election then that that will be a much more effective thing so I think that's what we've, we've got to do we've got to it, it, it got to encourage people to take the initiative mm -hmm. if the other political parties aren't coming up with the goods we um you need to stand up but not necessarily yourself you could have a, a meeting have a meeting in a yeah. pub who want and and find someone to stand maybe someone who's mm -hmm. more confident at speaking than than mm -hmm. you but if you initiate the meeting then you'll you've got a chance of finding that person you gotta you gotta start you gotta start somewhere yesterday where we're talking about you know making things happen you know some people say about manifestation in their lives you know you can manifest this you can manifest that the bottom line is if you have a, a vision and you have a goal you need to start being active in making it happen so yeah as you rightly point out people need to get together they need to come up with a strategy and if they don't feel confident themselves maybe need to feel the candidate that they feel can get the point across well uh, in the spoken word forum and then of course you never know uh, uh, people are very despondent at the minute. People are very uh, skeptical of politics. They believe, you know, every party is just simply two cheeks of the same ass. And, you know, a lot of people are so disgruntled and obviously so. But the bottom line is, listen, what alternative do we have out there at the minute? Uh, I had a guy on earlier this week, David Thunder, who's a 
a political philosopher, and he said, listen, we need some new blood in the mix here. We need some fresh faces in here, maybe even someone with no political background, but with a lot of wisdom and acumen and a lot of uh, you know discernment in their lives that people can actually get behind. Because I think, Ben, looking at the, the landscape at the minute, uh, it's grim. It makes for grim viewing. But listen, as we round this show up, because uh, we've only got a few seconds left, uh, let's hope, fingers crossed, uh, for a better 2024 in all of this than we had in 2023. And like everything else, uh, ultimately time will tell. Ben, we're out of time here. Time is our enemy here on TNT Radio. So I just want to wish you an absolutely incredible Christmas uh, and a fantastically peaceful break into the new year. And of course, she and I will reconvene, I hope, in 2024. That's the one and only uh, Ben Pyle. I'm the one and only Rick Munn, and this is the one and only TNT Radio. Stay tuned for the rest of the day for more magic incoming. I'll be back in the morning, 9 a.m., bright and early UK time with Natalie. So don't go away. Stay tuned for more magic on TNT Radio.